Welcome, our first listeners, to the uh, the Gamers Grotto, brought to you by Doctors of Gaming. Uh, we got three dudes here, gaming enthusiasts, uh, who want to talk about video games outside of our day job. And there's plenty of options out there, so we appreciate you giving this a listen. To get right into it, because this is our this is our first recording, episode zero. I got myself, Paul, and Steve here. Uh, my name's Justin, doing the talking right now. And I think the first question we want to tackle so you get an idea on who you're talking to is, why are we doing this in this oversaturated podcast market? It's 2022. I mean, we've I, we've all dabbled in podcasting or something. Uh, why are we doing this? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, it is super saturated. Everybody's doing it. Every, you know, everybody and their friends that like video games are, are trying this out. So, for me, it's it's not about um, being super popular or uh, financially productive or anything like that. It, it really is just a, a venue for me to get together with friends and talk about video games and have another medium through which to enjoy my hobby. It's kind of an outlet for me. I, I, I get the same thing out of streaming, out of writing for my blog. So this is just another way to do it. And what better way to do it with two really good friends? That's a good answer. Before we get to Paul, I was going to say it's definitely a selfish endeavor for myself because I, as much as I enjoy playing games, I also like talking about them. So this is this is perfect. And, uh, and let me turn it over to Paul here who... Coincidentally, I met uh, through a podcast that I did for a number of years about the Xbox 360, and we met through a gaming convention called the Midwest Gaming Classic. It happens outside of Milwaukee. Now it's in Milwaukee. For over the past decade or so, uh, we met through a podcast network there. So anyhow, Paul, why, why are you doing this? Well, like Steve said, I mean, it doesn't matter how well we uh, get known and whatnot. Um, for me... I've always enjoyed podcasts. I mean, needless to say, I've severely neglected my podcast listening in recent years years because, you know, life, work, all that. But um, <laughs> as you said, Justin, I mean, for the great friendships and great memories that I've had with podcasts, specifically being on, I guess, on your uh, podcast many years ago, and then going to that convention from the podcast, meeting all the other podcasters and branching out in just this great network that we developed and got part of. It was just, that's what I'm really here for is the, the, the experiences, the networking, the great memories, the friendships that we'll make through it. You know that you did touch on a point there. We did with the, we met so many people at these different podcasting events it was, I mean, it was a lot of fun because it was like our own little corner of the gaming universe. And then how uh, Steve, we met esports for Overwatch out in the Chicagoland area. So, and part of the reason I got interested in that was kind of what I learned from doing the podcasting. So it's all, we've all come together in some way. But that actually leads me right into the next topic, which is our favorite genres of video games. So as I was talking to a colleague at work today, when someone says they play video games, uh, my head immediately goes to, well, what does that mean? I mean, there's so many options today. It's not just count, you know, just a couple consoles or, I mean, we've got so many options. We've got retro, new school, old school. So, Paul, I'm, I'm going to throw it right back to you because I feel like I know your gaming habits pretty well. <laughs> what are your favorite genres? And then slip in, like, you know, like what consoles you're into, too. So, I guess my favorite genre, I've always loved first-person shooters. But, mm -hmm. I mean, I've always liked the action of them. Close second dear heart uh close to my heart because just the lifestyle of that i am out of gaming is racing games because oh, i'm yeah. in the car culture i'm part of a car club we go on cruises and everything so that ties a real close second to one of my favorite genres and there's not in the recent years there's not been too many it's been you know you got your forza your um your project cars, but there hasn't been a wide variety. It's been mainly a close-knit battle between a few big contenders for top racing games. And then after that, I've been starting to dive more into the VR, been enjoying the horror-style VRs. Me and my buddies play Phasmophobia all the time. Uh, I tried that. Yeah, we still got to try it. You did try it. I know. Uh, but it still goes... It's just great 
experience with friends. And um, so for right now, my main areas of gaming that I've been concentrating on is PC gaming and a little bit of Xbox. My first gaming console was an Atari, and then I didn't really even have any of the Nintendos. I switched, went straight up to uh, Sega. But for the most part right now, I'm PC with some Xbox till I get everything set up in my entertainment room where I can start diving back into those retro style games. The retro, the retro gaming is like chasing the dragon, which I was going to turn it over to Steve because he is always sending me photos of the retro finds that he gets. So on the other end of the spectrum, you're talking modern and uh, I'll talk about racing in a moment because that's going to be one of my responses. But I was going to say with Steve, you are definitely, I would put you more on the retro side of, I would say at least more recently. And it's, when you say retro, I mean, handhelds, your Atari consoles, your, did you, you didn't have, did you jump on Commodore or no? I thought I, I don't I have saw, a Commodore, but I recently yeah. found a old TRS-80 computer, uh, Tandy oh TRS-80 model four computer at a flea market, but Commodore 64 oh is God. on the list. But I think that your perception of me being primarily a retro gamer is kind of because that's what I usually share with you because we have that connection. We go to the Midwest yeah. Gaming Classic together mm-hmm. and we talk a lot of retro, but I actually consider myself both a retro and modern gamer. I usually have one modern game running, one retro game running. I, I like that balance. So when it comes to genres, though, for me, it's pretty difficult to narrow it down. I like pretty much every genre, including sports games, which I know a lot of people don't Ooh. like, but a lot of people really do like. Interesting. Um, yeah. I do like sports games. I, I don't know if it's in my favorite genre list, but I'll throw that out there. Uh, the only genre I, I never really got into are Farming Sims. I think I tried Harvest Moon on Super Nintendo a long time ago. Didn't really like it. I tried some of the more modern ones like Stardew Valley and just uh, wasn't able to really click for me. But no Animal Crossing over there, Tom. Nook you know, I, I, I you, didn't uh, do it yet. No. I, you know, I, I, I meant to give Animal Crossing a shot. Like I want yeah. to like these games. I just have not found anything that has clicked for me. It's like the only genre that has not clicked. If I were to choose my top two or three genres, I would have to start with first person shooters as well. And I mean, I, I've been playing first person shooters pretty much since their inception. You know, like in the GoldenEye era, I was way into GoldenEye. I put so many hours, have so many good memories with it. Through the original Halo days, the modern Halo days, we talked about our Overwatch esports experience that we had together, Justin, which was amazing. Yeah. Uh, I love first-person shooters. Aside from first-person shooters, my next top genre I have to attribute to action RPGs or dungeon crawling, hack them and slash them. Uh, loot goblin <laughs> loot Diablo. goblin kind of yes um oh, those loot types goblin of games is put away you know, yes it's usually behind me over here yes yeah. uh diablo 2 is probably my favorite game of all time i've also played a lot of path of exile and games similar to these i just love those types of games i enjoy the hunt for the treasure i enjoy feeling my character getting stronger more efficient finding gear love it you're, I was going to say, you really optimize, like, your Diablo 2 level of playing. I I just, I love that franchise, like, to death. I love Diablo, but I play it in such a filthy, casual manner. <laughs> I, I feel like I, I don't do the franchise justice because of the depth that you go to when you're playing Diablo 2, especially. Yeah. But it also speaks to how you can enjoy the game, I would I would No, I, I think, you know, how you decide to experience the game is up to you. There are a lot of people that do solo self-found, completely on their own sort of experience. I had a friend that used to do that, and he didn't want to hear anything about the meta. You know, that wasn't his thing. And yeah. for me, I, I don't know, I... In the early days of Diablo, I got pretty caught up in the meta scene and the PvP scene and wanted you know i have that competitive drive and so i think that's what sort of led me down that path and i i still even with diablo 2 resurrected although that's pretty much put on hold for me right now um i have gone down that path so action rpgs definitely a top genre for me and a third i'll just toss it in there pretty similar to action rpgs but mmorpgs world of warcraft mm. i've spent a lot of time with 
love MMORPGs. There's a new one coming out at, what's it called, Lost Ark or something like that, um, that I, I, I may check out. Admittedly, I have a hard time playing action RPGs and MMORPGs in and, and, you know, my life these days between being a working professional and being a dad. It's not exactly optimized for those types of games, but those are oh, my yeah, selections. Exactly. You need a, it's, you have to plan accordingly. Yeah, the lifestyle uh, will dictate how much gaming time you have. I um, jump in here with the with the genres because there's there's two that both you guys kind of touched on that fall right in what's in my wheelhouse, and that I'll, I think there's a reason that I always consider them my favorite genres. So first person shooter I, it goes without saying is one of my favorites, and I go from team based to twitch shooters. I appreciate all of them. I I kind of went on a kick recently of like playing old retro FPS games just to see how they've evolved and. And uh, it goes back to Time Splitters, which I will still, we will have to have an episode oh, dedicated to debating the best first person shooter on the console systems. Because I played your GoldenEye, your, you know, Halo, and I always thought Time Splitters was the standout uh, of that bunch. Uh, but anyhow, that's another day, another topic. But I felt like we were in the era of moving from TD, 2D into 3D, and the first person shooter was really the one that blew the door open with, you know, giving you that three-dimensional space. My other favorite genre is driving sims. Probably more on the arcade side is why I like Forza the most, but I still enjoy Gran Turismo. But that was another thing that really showcased the latest hardware. So uh, we've seen the evolution of driving games from the mid-90s through to modern day, where there obviously, I feel like cars, uh, the visuals on car games since... I mean, Gale Racer, I think, comes to mind, was an arcade driver by Sega. And a lot of these games, it really also showcased, you know, the hardware as well with driving games. And it was exciting. And being a car enthusiast, uh, it's also, you know, just as enjoyable. But I love Need for Speed Most Wanted, for example, as one of my favorite arcade racers. Ridge Racer 6 was, I played the hell out of it on the PS3. That game was, I thought it was awesome arcade, but I played Forza that series is, I'm obsessed with it. I, it's the only reason I got an Xbox One on uh, launch day was for that franchise. It's just really, really nails it. And I'll bitch about Gran Turismo because I think they dropped the ball. But again, another good topic for an episode. But yeah, and then Diablo, uh, some of the posters that are behind me, if you're watching on stream, is like I said, it's one of my favorite franchises as well, but uh, also warrants its own episode to talk through you know, what Diablo is and the pros and cons of, of that franchise as well as the ups and downs. But yeah, Diablo 2 is uh, not easy to play in short spurts. You got to you gotta dedicate some time. And Path of Exile to me is also, again, I played it casually to check it out, but the depth of that game is uh, is pretty pretty cool as well. So that's a type of game I feel that has not been underrepresented in recent years, that ARPG uh, asymmetric RPG style uh, hack and slash. There's been many copies of the Diablo formula, but only few have really rose to the top. But uh, those are probably my standout genres. I was going to say that that come up, but like as far as platforms, I think all three of us we game on all platforms, right? I, I don't. I mean, there's none of us that are really. I mean, we definitely have our favorites, right? Like what? Without looking at like hours on your, what's your top played platform right now? Would you say for me, probably. Xbox. I remember the yeah. original Xbox, and then I've had all the concurrent consoles afterwards. Unfortunately, for me, I never really got much into PlayStation after the PlayStation 3. I do have a PlayStation 4, but uh. what it is is for the consoles, I'm more... It's not a console war. Oh, play, Xbox is better than PlayStation. I could care less. For me, it's more about um, where all my friends majority the R. I want to play with friends. Yeah. So for me, majority of my friends are more on Xbox versus the PlayStation. So that's where for consoles, that's what I mainly play on because of playing with friends. You've double dip as well as I have to play with certain groups of friends on which console, right? It seems like I'm always going <laughs> back to the Xbox because the majority of people yeah. are still on that console. But yes, now, in the old days, yes, did double dip, but it's it's not gotten it's not as bad as it used to be. I'll say that much. So who so with that being said, who's got the better controller controller right now in current gen? For me, I mean, 
it's Xbox because I mean the last controller I had of a PlayStation was a PlayStation Four. Mm. I've never had a PlayStation Five. It's... Never, never delved into it. Never held one in my in my hands. All right, Steve. So. What, what I've got an answer for this, Steve. What's yours? Okay, so I'll start with what I'm playing the most, and then I'll answer yeah, the what, controller yeah, yeah. question. For current gen, mm-hmm. I'm playing my Xbox Series X the most, and the answer to this is basic and probably most people's answer, and that's Game Pass. Game Pass is amazing. So many oh, good yes. titles. I love it, yeah. and I, I'm really enjoying being back in the Xbox. Uh, mindset last gen i probably played ps4 more than xbox one i thought the playstation was a lot stronger last gen but the gen before that i probably played xbox 360 more than i did ps3 so it's been a nice revisit i kind of feel like i go back and forth on which one i play more like paul i'm not a hardcore fanboy in either direction i always own both systems i enjoy eventually right that's usually how i eventually eventually, yeah used to yeah i'm uh (laughs) i'm uh i'm an older guy now that can afford to buy both which i'm I'm fortunate so it's nice but yeah yeah back in the day no it would be eventually for sure get both uh or all three or whatever have you however many were out at the time so i've been playing xbox more However, on the contrary, I would say that the PlayStation 5 controller is the superior controller this gen. I think that's the case because it's more innovative, it's different, it also feels real well, and those adaptive triggers... Triggers? Oh my god. If you haven't played... Where have they been our whole life? I know. If you haven't played Astro's Playroom that demos that controller yet on the PS5, please do. You have no idea what you're missing. Dude, not even like that coupled with this. And I know they had the speaker in the last gen as well. They didn't have it on three. They had it just on four. The, uh, I was going to say you couple it with that feedback and well, well with the audio feedback on there. Yeah. It just, I mean, it shines. And then the microphone on the controller, I haven't had anybody complain and I play with speakers. I don't do headphones. Usually I haven't had anybody complain to me around getting feedback. You know, it's like you're in the room and you're just talking to the controller it makes life so much easier, and it's such a simple, stupid thing, but that coupled with that haptic feedback. So the PS5 out-of-the-box controller, if you were to go it, Switch included, and I'll say the Switch Pro controller is the standard, I would say the, yeah, the PS5 rises above. However, I will say that Xbox Elite controller is killer. Yes, that's what it's I cur- mainly so nice. use is oh. the Elite controller, the Elite yeah. uh, Series 2. So Yeah, the... I mean, yeah. the first one is fantastic. Oh, yeah. I still have my first one, one, although it's starting to fall apart from use, but yeah. because they did have but that's quality why, issues. But yeah. But I'm telling you, the second one, they, they improved that. Oh, they yes. got the USB-C. They got the wire. Well, I guess it's wireless charging still. Uh, no, I it is contact charging. The pad or contact yes. charging. It, I'm sorry. It, not it's wireless. like the uh, how most of your phones are set up with the three or four pins for the batteries. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, that coupled there... Now, the only thing that I do like, and I would I would say I installed the back triggers on my PS5 controller, it is damn close to that uh, Xbox controller. It is... They are so close, because I, I just... I, the controller, they're getting really good, is, is I think is the end of my story with that. But yeah, that Xbox Elite controller, when Microsoft released that as like a first party, I thought that was just blowing the doors open because it was right when people were starting to get interested in playing, I would say, more seriously competitive FPS games. There were all the third party controllers, but they were kind of spotty and you weren't sure what you're going to get. Uh, and it was right around that time. And then when Microsoft announced they're doing first party, I was like, oh, this is going to be a game changer. And I, I mean, I still think it is because I think it upped the game. It put the, the console manufacturers on notice to be like, hey, there's these other companies that are going to make better controllers if you don't. And then you can control the the uh, the feedback, the, 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 the stiffness of the trick, the, the, te- the, the, the joysticks, joysticks there you go. the analogs. Yeah, so. the uh, stiff, the stiffness of, the, of those. Uh, I mean, that makes a huge difference. Like I'll play games on the on the normal controller and i've adjusted mine you know accordingly and now you said that the playstation 5 has you can put the buttons on it correct yeah so that's aftermarket that's not so the the ps4 however that's the thing that really puzzles me is the ps4 released a first party peripheral you plugged in and it worked great okay i had no no issues with that 
But then uh, the PS5, it obviously it didn't work that way. And so I actually just put it in and uh, had to change some ribbon cables around on the inside. It wasn't terribly easy. Yeah, that's I, I wish Sony would release that, but uh, they haven't yet. Because I, I tend to play uh, the Call of Duties, as my brothers say, on the... Uh, on the PlayStation for whatever reason. Um, and again, those triggers are awesome on there. But yep, man, the one thing God. that I think now that PlayStation has that third party and stuff, I don't know if with the Elite, but, you have the switchable, you can have two controller schemes with the Switch. I don't know if they have that for the PlayStation where you no, can I, program I it and stuff. I don't think mm. they do. And I, I also love the Elite mm. controller, I think it's amazing. I use it all the time. Unfortunately, yeah. my B button's a little sticky. I do have a two-year-old at home who discovered the Ooh. Elite controller, but you know it's <laughs> loosening up. It's okay. But uh, I, I think it's a bit of an apples to oranges comparison to compare yes. the two hundred dollar Microsoft Xbox it's, controller to the yeah sixty seventy whatever dollar it is standard mm-hmm. PS five yeah. controller. It's, yeah. So I mean it's but that tells you how good the PS5 controller is though, right? Like it is. I mean Yeah. I, I can't, you can't you you hold both of those in your hand, the build quality, the just the look and feel, I would argue, is very similar. I mean, yes, there's features and I think when you really, you know, go down to it, the elite's gonna give you, you know, better, and you're right. But I th- still think it's impressive Sony can give you an out of the box, yes. you know, uh yeah. and get pretty damn close to the elite. Uh, but yeah, the price point—I can't believe I totally neglected that. I'm such a—I'm such a sucker for these controllers. I forget that. Like, yeah, that's—I mean—that's a lot to drop on a controller. And the only reason I was—I uh, was prone to do it was I ended up getting the first Elite series. Mm-hmm. I got, and I—the price point was lower, if I, think I remember. It was but also, for the, it was, the number for yeah, the series one, which so. Which is still a lot, right? But I gambled on it. But I will say, after playing that, I mean, I'm willing to get close to that $200 price point because I know I'm going to use it for the duration of the console. Yes. It's going to be my go-to. And not only that, but I'm using it on my PC as well. So it's doing double duty. And then the other thing Uh, for me with the Elite that I love is some people don't like it, but I love the weight of it. It just feels so substantial, that weight. It yeah. feels like you're not going to – I mean, some of the controllers in past uh, consoles and whatnot felt like you could just crumble them in your hand. And some of them did. Yes. I mean, let's, let's be it's honest. It's like you're gaming, I had a... gaming with power, like the power <laughs> glove. <laughs> I will just say if you guys get very angry and throw things, that's not a controller you want to ha- throw. No. <laughs> I shouldn't bad talk because they've they've made some good stuff. But I did have scuff scuff up one of my PS3 controllers back – Yes, whenever. Uh, those were a big um, aftermarket. P- with I can't even remember. No, it was my no, it was a PS4 controller. I'm sorry. There, it was fine, but I of no heavy use, and I don't even think I had kids at the time. At least around the controller, it, one of my triggers broke, and I so I had to replace that. And one of the screws just randomly fell Ooh. out the back of the casing, and I remember I contacted him and was like, "Hey, like you know, I'm not." playing baseball with this controller like what the hell and uh i couldn't get any replacement or discount or anything so i i wrote scuff off unfortunately but i do hear that they they've made some pretty good controllers since then but before i so i was going to segue into the elephant in the room which i i mentioned it briefly was the switch the reason i bring that up i play my switch i would say an absorbent amount i like the portability of the switch I like the variety of games that are available on it, and I think it, what attracts me to the Switch in the same way that the original Game Boy was attractive is that it doesn't have the horsepower of the competitors, but yet they're still able to come up with these incredibly creative games, and I would argue fight toe-to-toe with some of those titles that you can get on modern consoles, like Witcher Two or Witcher 3 comes to mind in the Doom uh, 2016 and Doom Eternal, which have no business running on a, on a tablet, let alone the, you know, the Switch. And I think it does a fine job. Uh, Mortal Kombat 11 was another one that came on there. Um, but my Switch gets a ton of playtime, but it's for different reasons. Like, I, you know, I play a lot of retro titles on there, a lot of those remake re-releases, um, and uh, my other thing I was going to mention was with the introduction of the Switch Online, which, again, can be its own episode. Some of those retro titles 
uh, they make them accessible to the newer generation. So where you don't have an N64 out, you can still show your kids or your friends, this is Ocarina of Time uh, without pulling out the old cart, you know, and give them, you know, a view into what that what that looks like. Uh, I know some of us appreciate that more than others. Uh, I was going to say the Switch was another console that that was worth mentioning that I think we could probably dedicate a whole episode to uh, the success of that because when I saw it release, I I had the same reaction I did with the Wii. When I saw the Wii release, I go, it's a gimmick. It's never going to catch on. And they sold like crazy. Now, they had a lot of shovelware, um, but we all know the impact of the Wii and, you know, what that did in terms of peripherals. And I think the Switch uh, put, you know, it put Nintendo, I would argue, as a consumer, I felt like it put them not back on the map, but at least in some sort of contending space compared to the Wii U, which, uh, you know, wasn't terribly commercially successful um, had some good games on it. Um, I mean, they wouldn't have brought them over to the Switch if they were stinkers. Almost the full Wii U exclusive library is on the on the Switch now, I think, except for maybe a couple titles, maybe like the Star Fox yeah, one. Yeah, I know a lot of them. Something else. A lot of them came to Switch, which so, yeah, which yeah, I guess I understand to an extent, given the lack of popularity for Wii U. But I was gonna say under our next, you know, keeping us as the. Uh, keeping us as honest to the time as we can. Yes, we sidetracked a little. Before we lose all of our listeners, is I was going to say we've got one of my all-time favorite conversations is top games of the year, top best racing games. I, I, I love those conversations. I love listening to them. I love participating in them. And I think one of the ones that I, I wanted to kick off was like your top, top five, we'll just say five games of all time. And that's all generations all consoles, like what are your, and everyone can have their own reasons, idea behind why the game was so impactful to them. It may be something personal. It may be something that was more, you know, uh, universally accepted. Like it was the first first person shooter, you know, Wolfenstein 3D comes to mind. I know Doom was obviously a bigger contender there, but you know, what are those games? And then uh, I would say as a, as a listener, you know, you're listening to us talk to these games that are impactful. Hopefully it makes you value our opinion uh, a little bit, knowing that we've been through a few generations of video games. And, uh, and I feel like sometimes we can spot good games more than your casual gamer, hopefully. (laughs) So who wants, I was like, who wants to go first? I'll, I'll go last on this one as well. I guess I'll go. Um, so, for me, I mean, I'm sure this is going to be on everybody's list at some point. Um, for me, yeah. my top, it's the one that I've played the most consecutively and everything, would be the Halo series. I mean, I remember just, it was my first real dive into LAN parties and um, online console multiplayers before there was anything such as Xbox Live or uh, PlayStation uh, Online and all that with XB Connect. And that was going through a bunch... It's magical. Yes. It was magical. And that was one of the... I think it was only two ways with no. the original Xbox to, the original well, Xbox to see the name of your console. Did, yeah, so you do... We used to have one guy who was designated as like the mad scientist in the living room because it would always be at some... We were... You know, to put everybody to tell us the age, I mean, I was like, yeah, it was like just in high school age range. And we'd go to somebody's house and you'd have the mad scientist in the corner with one of your parents' laptops because they weren't as plentiful as they are now. Yes. And you'd have either some big honking switch, like an actual, you know, 10 port switch or something that came out of a rack at somebody's dad's work or something. And you'd have consoles and big CRT TVs propped up all over. And he would like yell like, we got one. We found a game. But, and it was the name of the console, but you could only rename the console, I think. What was it? Correct Dead or Alive? Def- yeah, Dead or Alive or something? Yeah, I think it was, it was Dead or Alive or it was like uh, one of those other release titles, the snowboarding game or something. You had to like go in and change the title, the name, you know, and... and that truly was, I mean, I thought it was super cool, but you also had to have a friend with broadband. That was yes. another big thing, too. Yes. Um, and then for other games, I've always loved the Battlefield games. I'm going to say this, not 2042. I only was in the pre-alpha with that. I haven't played the, the official release because I know there's so much problems. And actually, I just saw that they're actually thinking about making the game free to play. To, what? To get back 
to try and... Oh, man. It's something that you don't want to see, but everybody's got to have those rough points. But, I mean, with the Battlefield yeah. series... Yeah, what was the pinnacle of the Battlefield series I mean, for you? everybody... I think most people that I talked to was probably three. Battlefield yeah, okay. 3 was probably... It's probably going to be on people's tops. I mean, that whole plane mission launching off the, the aircraft carrier, that was yeah. magic. When it, everybody was amazed by that. When we first did our little run, I, my list has changed. Um, <laughs> Alright. But, because I've always with racing, Forza. Um, oh yeah. I still remember doing Forza 1, Forza 2 on the original Xbox. Now, with the Forzas, it's more the Horizons, because, needless to say, I don't think they really hit it off well with Motorsport 7. I think that was a complete flop for them. The, the, I thought it was a remake. I thought they basically just took six and repackaged it. There wasn't enough the, of a difference. The thing that I also didn't like about it was that whole card system they threw into it. Oh, yeah, that's right. It they just took that. so much away for it. And, I mean, for me, Forza, at least the motorsports, it was the whole simulation vibe. Like, having to specifically tune your, tire, your, your car, the tire pressure, the type of compound. All that, and I mean... Gearing ratios. Yes, me yeah. as a car nut, I mean, I love that stuff. I work on my own cars and stuff. So, mm -hmm. that sort of stuff hits home for me. Another one series, if I have to do top five, would probably be the Dino Crisis series. Ooh, that's... Oh, that's... That was post-Resident Evil, right? Yes, first PS1 Dino era. Crisis yeah. 1, certain versions, you got a Resident Evil 3 demo disc with it. And that was along the lines like Resident Evil, and I just loved the the story of it and whatnot. It, Being a Jurassic Park fan, I was like, I know you are. Yes. Paul has a Jurassic Park Jeep. Yes. So, and I mean, for me as a child, dinosaurs were my, my one love, and I'm sure that was with most people when they were young. Yeah. So, um, and then probably my last series that I've loved near and dear would be the Metal Gear Solid series. Just that... The innovations that they did with that, especially like the, the one, the first one that was on PlayStation with the whole Psycho Mantis having to disconnect your controller and plug it into play, control port. Breaking two. the third wall. Yes. Yeah. It, God, that was crazy. It when was, that happened. shall I say, magical. It was just something that I had never really seen other also, games from that. Like. Can we just talk about, like, the voice narration in that, too? Because that came at a time where, you know, that was PlayStation 1 era, so CD-ROMs were a thing, and you could fit more data. And I just remember, like, the voiceover stuff. I was just, like, how, you know, it was just crazy to me. And then, obviously, there was a load of dialogue. But Metal Gear Solid, as much as I love those, yeah, it's the only game that I've uh, fought. Well, that's not true. I've fallen asleep playing many video games, but... The ending story wrap-up of, like, Metal Gear, the original 2, and I can't remember Snake Eater, but I've definitely passed out because it's been very late at night when I've come to the end. I think I'm close to the end, and then you end up playing longer. Yes. So unpopular opinion, but I've never yeah. really got gotten into the Metal Gear series. Wow. I think I... this is because, now I said before that I... Only one genre didn't click for me, and that being farming sims. Yeah. Actually, I'll adjust that to say that I'm not really into stealth games either. Okay. I'm. Okay, that's fair. Too impatient. <laughs> I want to just get in there and guns a blazing, go crazy. Just, uh, yeah. I don't like sneaking around, and therefore I have a difficult time with stealth games. So I, I recognize the impact that Metal Gear has had. I can see the aesthetic being very attractive, and yeah. I can see how culture has really uh, been generated by Metal Gear. And I think Snake is a really interesting character. I think he's a great addition to the Super Smash Brothers franchise. Uh, but never got into Metal Gear. You know what? That was also a product of the time, though, as well. As I was going to say, there was, when that game started, it was right, and and I, I was going to say, Paul, I, I think I'm going to jump into my top five because this ties right into it, was the uh, at that time, again, with the PlayStation era, 
the uh, visual and audio representation of the stories really got got jacked up. And my number one game uh, to this date still has been Final Fantasy VII because of that fact. It it came out at a time where you had this really deep narrative because you could fit it on these games, and that was a big thing that Metal Gear did, along with the game. Obviously, the gameplay, you know, I mean, it was revolutionary at the time. There's been many copycats since, but uh, the narrative uh, at the time was so, you know, most games now all have narratives and movie-like intros and everything, but it wasn't it wasn't as common. Metal Gear had that on the PS1, but also Final Fantasy VII, the reason it stands out to me is because I played it at a time where games didn't have that, you know, that cinematic type feel, and uh, Final Fantasy VII had that, um, and I know the other ones did as well. It was just the art style was different. Um, and they didn't have the, you know, the space to do those movies that they could fit in there in between the gaming. Um, but with that being said, yeah, Final Fantasy VII always, it was, I was a good age for it. It was, like I said, it was, it was great, but a little bit of story time, the other franchise on that console, the only video game I ever had to return because my parents thought it was too graphic was Resident Evil, uh, the original. And I, I got it for my birthday, however old I was. And so I popped it in in the family room, and of course everybody's over, the grandparents, <laughs> you know, everyone, and you get to that first scene with the zombie, and that was it. We returned it to Toys R Us open. And then uh, joke's on them because then I bought a used copy from a kid in uh, grade school like later that year with like allowance money or something. And then I, that's another story. There you I go. played it, you know, played it under my bed at night so my parents didn't see us playing it my brother and i but so funny funny thing justin uh, you're a few years older than me and Mm -hmm. i got resident evil but my parents didn't take it away from me and i was younger than you so i don't know what that says about my parents but uh i'm grateful i'm grateful thanks mom and dad because i love probably fine (laughs) oh god i but that i mean that game god but so getting back to the whole like that so to put a bookend on it yeah PS1 era was was pretty impactful uh, we should do an episode on Resident Evil there's a lot to lot to unpack well, now there. you got the um, remakes and everything and now you're, I, you're getting all the VR coming well, out on the and that actually I, yeah God we could go off on tangents forever um, but we are trying folks we are trying to keep the podcast length in that 40 minute wheelhouse so no one tunes off but I'll go through quickly on on my on my favorite game franchises i'll say kind of match you guys so i was going to say the other franchise specifically doom 2 i think was the one that that really stuck with me and it was on the pc at the time you know everybody had a shareware version of it and but my parents were okay with that and that was you know five years before resident evil that was another friend the doom franchise continues to really i think reinvent itself and again they could be a long discussion because doom 2016 and doom eternal I thought were just standout first-person shooter experiences is the best way to put it. And they've definitely fallen there. And then Forza, I can't preach enough. I think that's the best driving franchise available. I think Horizon knocked it out of the park. I think they did everything right in terms of, you know, scratching that car enthusiast itch, arcade racer itch, uh, everything. And then the visuals are just, they just pop. I mean, they look great and run silky smooth. And then as much as uh, I did play Overwatch with Steve, I was going to say the, the the first person shooters that were pretty impactful that still stick with me to this day, I'll reference is Counter-Strike, which I think I would argue paved the way for games like Overwatch. And then your Unreal Tournament, specifically Unreal 2K4, not 2K3, oh. uh, opened me up to like Twitch-based shooters, um, you know, the arena style. Uh, which again, I mean, there's elements of that found in Overwatch and, and modern shooters. But I would say the arena shooters now are the what they were are a thing of the past. What they are today are your Halo Infinite and Call of Duty specifically. I consider those the modern era arena shooters. You know, Halo being the one with more map control, I would argue, and then counted Call of Duty's more of your Twitch based. Uh, and then you can argue about skill and all that later in balance. But, but yeah, that's where I land in terms of, you know, favorite game franchises. But there's a lot of gems in there. I was going to, I was going to say there's some games out there. I think we've all talked about, I mean, uh, Steve, you brought up, uh, Castlevania the other day you beat. Um, I mean, there's a lot of gems and games that, 
you know, people recognize the the marquee or the name of the game, but you don't really understand like the significance when they came out, what made them so impactful and, you know, why they were as important as they were. Because it's interesting, Metal Gear Solid, that, uh, I mean, I feel like it was a game that I we found by accident, I think, when I discovered the game. It was... It was because I think it was just a magazine ad and it was like on sale or something. We put it on a Christmas or birthday list and it turned up. It was not like we didn't know what kind of genre it was. And then we just got my brother and I really attached to that one. And the second one, there was a massive hype train for that one because of the PlayStation 2. Um, but uh, but man, yeah. I, yeah, uh, I mean, Metal Gear existed uh, before Metal Gear Solid. So there was already it a, did yes there was an nes version which um what's his name kojima impossible. wasn't involved on but before that i think it was on the msx2 or something it was a japanese exclusive that had a, a real loyal fan base so oh. metal gear existed for a long time before metal it was gear the solid. solid yeah but i think metal gear solid made the franchise more mainstream and more relevant in north america Yes. I don't know if that's because the developers already had a strong following or if there are already fans of the series in North America when Metal Gear Solid hit, but I would agree that Metal Gear Solid is what got the franchise, you know, did, up and running in North America. Was, did Konami always publish that before Solid or no? I think you know, so. Top of your head? The, the, the yes, NES I think version. The NES were Konami, I think. I think so, but I don't think Kojima was involved with the NES. I don't think so. Right. So, and the NES Metal Metal Gear is hailed as a pretty bad game, and I would have to agree it's it's not great. It's not great. It's definitely not the worst game in the NES library, not even close. No. But it's it's not very good. West Gaming Classics, uh, Brandon and I. The NES copy? I think, yeah, I think yeah. we did. You can get it pretty cheap. I, I think yeah. it's still, and I think that speaks to how bad it might actually be. It has the Metal Gear name. It's on a popular console that people collect for being the NES, uh, and it's fairly cheap. Now, I don't know how common it is or how many copies were made. Probably a lot, so... It's an option if you want to give it a shot. It's not a great experience. I'll say that much. <laughs> no, I agree. You can. <laughs> I've talked about this with you guys before, so I can give a fairly succinct response. Diablo 2, definitely my favorite game of all time. I love the Diablo. Resurrected or the OG? I'd have to say OG just because of the amount okay. of time I spent on it. But if I were to choose between mm-hmm. which to play today, right here and right now, I'd play Diablo 2 Resurrected just because that's what people are playing. Yeah, uh, and I like the updated graphics. Who doesn't? Oh, I know. Oh. So, I won't go on and on about how much I love that game. I also like Diablo One a lot, but I like Diablo Two more. I'm not a Diablo Three fan, but that my now, opinion on that could take up an entire episode or multiple. Did you take? Did you play Di- So my Diablo One experience was PlayStation first, then the PC. Mm. No, mine was because P- we PC could then PlayStation. PC, yeah, okay. PC first, and I was pretty young. I mean, I was born in 1987, and I don't know when that game came out. Maybe like 95, something like that. Yeah, I was just gonna say it had to be 94, 95. So I was pretty yeah. young, and that may have been my very first online gaming experience. And wow, people in the 90s were not very sensitive or very kind. <laughs> you know, you think about toxic game online gaming communities in the 90s it was the wild west you know anything went as an eight-year-old kid some of the things that likely grown men were saying to me while i was you you learned a lot about the human climbing through the catacombs that plus you know lots of lots of name calling and all that it was it was a trip it was a trip so i'd love the diablo series and i can go on and on but next up i'd have to go with zelda and you know it's tough for me to choose between ocarina of time and link to the past but i'm going to go with ocarina of time i think i was the perfect age for it Mm -hmm. it's also hailed by most people as 
maybe the best game, not just Zelda game, but best game of all time. So this is True. a popular opinion rather than my unpopular opinion regarding yeah. Metal Gear. Yeah. But Ocarina of Time came out when I was a young teenager, you know, young adolescent. Perfect age for it. Old enough to figure out the puzzles, but young enough to be just completely mystified. And it was the perfect recipe. And it wasn't my first experience with Zelda either. So I had already developed uh, a liking for that franchise that dates back all the way to the original, which I also love, by the way. The original Legend of Zelda. Uh, I think the only the only Zelda game that I've never really experienced and probably wouldn't like are the really bad CD, the notoriously bad CDI games that everybody talks <laughs> oh about. If we even want to count those, those are brutal. Yeah, yeah. I, I think Angry Video Game Nerd does a he does. That's that's yeah. kind of where I learned about it. I'd say that's a good episode. So Zelda Ocarina of Time, with honorable mentions of the first Zelda, Legend of Zelda, and Link's Awakening. And I really like the oh, 3DS we, version, too. I was like, yeah, I was just going to say, can we stop on Link's Awakening for a minute? That's the that remake they just did on the Switch. Um, I thought it was fantastic. I thought it did justice yeah. of the original. But it's, and I know it kind of, the original itself was so charming because it was on the Game Boy. Again, going back to that you know, underpowered, handheld, but it was so good. Yeah. I, I mean, I thought it was. A little dark, but... It looks great on the Switch. Yeah. Something yeah. that a lot of people know about me is that I prefer to play the original version on original hardware. It's a quirk of mine. I don't mm-hmm. look down on people that like playing things on new hardware and stuff. That's perfectly <laughs> fine. It's just a weird preference that I have that I get something out of. But I have a story that comes with that, and it's short. And I actually started Link's Awakening again on the original Game Boy, an old-school original Game Boy. And I got through, like, half of the game. It was going real well. I was loving it. Now, mind you, I I had played that as a kid a long time ago, but I didn't get super far. I I was pretty young when that game came out. Um, Yeah. But as an adult, I fired it up again on an old-school Game Boy. Horrible screen and all. And lo and behold, the battery failed on me. And my oh. save went bye-bye. And that will be the last time that I ever play a lengthy game without replacing a battery in a cartridge, which I know how to do. I could have oh. done it. I just rolled the dice and paid for it. Yeah. But because that happened, I sort of reasoned that, well, when I go back to trying to beat Link's Awakening, I'll probably do the Switch one. You know, I gave the... The original one, it's it's run both yeah. in the past and in the present. This this may be a good opportunity to experience the the Switch one, which looks beautiful, by the way. So it's I was gonna say I didn't, and I pretty certain I beat it, and I was very little. Kept a, I mean, yeah, the visuals. I mean, I I love the visuals, but it still kept the same art style. I think it would be just as impactful playing it on the Switch, but damn, that's a Ugh, I just replaced my Saturn battery, actually, so now I don't have to tell it what the date is every time I boot it up. <laughs> there you go. Uh, yeah, if you guys damn, guys that's... need some batteries changed out of cartridges, I'm your guy. I've done it a few times, so. <laughs> are there, are, are they, uh, those? How how big are the ones in the in the Game Boy cart? They're not. They're not the huge, but they're they're doable with a with a average size Saturn iron. It's not. Oh, you have to solder them. Ugh. Okay. Oh yeah, yeah. Any of the old retro cartridges, you have to desolder. It's just two pins. Uh, soldering sounds challenging, but one day when yeah. we get together, I'll I'll bring you to the workshop, show you how it's done. It's it's not too bad. Oh. Um, I would like to. It's a good I have an old game gear. I gotta I gotta fix up. Oh. You talked about that. That That's... could be another episode, but I did that recently, and boy was it a journey. Yeah. It was a hey. journey, but it's working. F- I can't future believe it. Future episode uh, with you guys soldering and explaining. <laughs> soldering there you game. go. Get streaming yeah. it, dude. I, I, God, this is. I'm totally cutting this part out. But the Game Gear, I popped in the uh, uh, original Sonic on the Game Gear onto my Retron. It runs so 
smooth. They did such a good job with those games that I just don't think are shown on my Game Gear screen. Because, I, I mean, I need to... I mean, the ghosting was terrible on those screens. I mean, they were crap, but they really... I mean, it looks very nice. I would love to get a nice, cleaned-up Game Gear with an updated screen a, and play A McWill it, LCD replacement. Yeah, yeah that yeah. would be great. Or you can get an analog pocket with the Game Gear adapter. Oh. You're not familiar? The you're talking are those out yet? I thought mm-hmm. they were still in pre order. One of our good friends that we talk about, you know, from time to yeah. time that is involved with this Has podcast been? had his shipped already. Yes. Ooh. So I, I won't get mine until like Q four twenty twenty two. I'm group B and there's a group C, mind you. Oh, so man. they've they've shipped. I don't know if there are gonna be another stream stream of pre orders, but they've shipped and Oh my God! Does that screen look breathtaking? Pops. And you're talking to somebody that is an original hardware nut job. Yeah. But yeah. even I looked at that and I was like, I have to have that. That looks wow. amazing. That's impressive. So I, wow. check that out. Uh, put it on your radar. There is a Game Gear adapter, and that could be the fix you're looking for. I because yeah, I mean it looks fantastic on a regular. LCD, and I would love to just get the handheld. Yeah, that that's nice... what, that's the experience you need. The handheld, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. I agree. I agree. That could yeah. be the answer for us to so check it out. Um, I'm sure they'll do pre-orders again at some point, but it'll probably be a long time till you got it because Group C is already out, and that's 2023. So How if you really want it, those are you going to see trying to be sold at MGC? People trying to flip them. <laughs> I'm sure yeah. plenty of them. I'm sure. Um, but I can't wait to get mine. Anyways, quick, quickly wrapping this up. I originally had Overwatch on this list. I also have Halo on this list. However, I'm going to revise this, and yeah. I'm going to leave Halo on there, and I'll get to that. Yeah. But I'm going to replace Overwatch, which is a very honorable mention. Yeah, A lot of good experiences. He talked about the esports experience that we had mm-hmm. together, Justin. That oh, yeah. was a wonderful time. But I have to replace that with Resident Evil 2. Oh, nice. Because Resident Evil is one of my favorite franchises of all time. And I I can't imagine a list of my favorite video games that doesn't include a Resident Evil game. And Resident Evil 2 is my favorite. Two really, I mean, it hit its stride. I, I know it's the only second game, but like when you look at one, two, three... Veronica, I think, was after that. I think it was Zero, one of the two. I think Veronica. Z- yeah. I think it was Veronica. But. Yeah, because Zero was on the cube. The um, Yeah, I was going to say two really combined that that feel of the first one with a little bigger scope and just really honed in on what that formula was that made the first one so good. I just, yeah. And the re- I really enjoyed the remake. I played through that, was that a couple years ago now? Yeah, I got to re- replay, think, uh, go through yeah. the replay. Uh, makes and now yeah. my buddy's been talking about the VRs ones. Now I'm gonna once I'm all better, gotta see about popping that yeah. in, see how that is. So you like two better than everyone says four is their favorite. <laughs> the, I just we record I, in the I next so episode now or how much time you got? Yeah. But oh man, that's that's we a juicy a topic. In brief, yeah. in brief, I'm a Resident Evil traditionalist. I love the old format that emphasized puzzles and exploration yes and curiosity versus resident evil 4 introduced something to this series that was more of a run and gun uh, house mm-hmm. of the living dead shoot them up which was fun yeah. don't get me wrong i enjoyed the game but to me it represented a bit of a dip in the franchise out of what i wanted from the franchise which was that classic resident evil 1 through 3 experience that I do believe Resident Evil 7 brought back that I really liked, Biohazard. I, yeah. Yeah, so, I think actually, Resident I Evil 4 was, in my eyes, a little too much of a drastic change from, like, like you were saying, I like those puzzles and everything. I agree, mm-hmm. and it, I think it also depends on the age of the gamer. You know, guys our age, we started with those classic ones, and that's what we came to love and yes. appreciate about those games. Yep, if you're a bit younger than us, on the order of, born into. yeah. If you're on the order of ten or whatever years younger than us, 
you may have grown up with the GameCube and played mm-hmm. Resident Evil 4 at a particular age and didn't have much exposure to the old ones. So demographics matter, but that's my take on the Resident Evil franchise, and, and I'll die on that mountain. <laughs> so. I, at what point... God damn, we could totally do another episode on this, but <laughs> at what point... like, So my argument has always been, if they're going to do that kind of departure from the original formula, I always... I never understood why they didn't just spin another franchise or make a subset similar to what Forza, again, Forza Motorsport and Forza Horizon, right? Like, why didn't the Resident Evil franchise, I guess they didn't have the foresight to know that, like, because I, I think there's been a, um, uh, like, the appreciation for those older games, because Resident Evil and Resident Evil 2 were created... I would argue that the pre-rendering of the backgrounds was a limitation of the hardware, right? Because they didn't couldn't do fully rendered 3D scenes at that point, so they they did it with those uh, you know the rendered images to move through. Um, it was like a limitation of the hardware, and then four they not only changed that you know because they were able to do the you know the full renders, but then they also had the the run and gun mechanic. It's like at that point, like, do you really want to make it Resident Evil Four, or do you want to make it? you know, Resident Evil Escape from the Forest or something. I don't know. Yeah, it's a good point. I, I wonder if the relative lack of success of Zero Code Veronica led them oh, to, valid. to yeah. kind of stray away from these knockoff names or yeah. spinoff names. Or maybe they just yeah. felt pressure to put out a, a new installment, but with updated, more modern yeah. gameplay. Who knows? But I don't remember. That, that how, could definitely be how, an episode. How uh, far was the release window between uh, Veronica and Four? That's jumping. You know, Veronica oh, was no. on Dreamcast. Dreamcast first, and, right? And Four, I think, first released on GameCube, right? So, yeah, probably not that long. Maybe like five years. Okay, you know, don't at quote mo- me on that. Most. Not very yeah. long, but they were drastically different. And I, I think that a lot of people just didn't experience Code Veronica either. You know, I. No. I barely played it myself, and I owned a Dreamcast, and I love. So, Man. yeah, Resident well, Evil can go on and on. Uh, I was going to say, I think we've got our work cut out for us for interesting episodes because we do want to – I'll probably keep this part in, but I was going to say we do kind of want to differentiate ourselves from other casts that do uh, reviews of retro games. Like I'd like to you know, maybe do some contrast and comparisons of, of certain games in the same genre or even jumping generations to compare – um, cause I mean, there's no lack of content to talk about. So. Absolutely. Now rounding out my, my last two here, Halo's on my list, just like Paul, I think he spoke about it beautifully. I won't add a lot to it. And when I say Halo, I think my favorite ones were one, two and three, you know, it's hard to really choose oh, between three them. Was but good. The yeah. only other thing I'll add to Halo were those high school land parties with bunch of old crts and mountain dew and pizza baby <laughs> so much mountain Dew. so those are the days i i need not say more and rounding out my list and none of these are really in a particular order other than diablo 2 probably being my favorite game of all time mortal Kombat, and i can't really choose amongst the initial trilogy one two and three Ooh, so those were so impactful when yes. they came out. God damn. Everywhere and for everyone that was a gamer at yeah. that time. It was so impactful. And this goes back to even before the console released, my uncle had an arcade unit of the original Mortal Kombat in his baseball card store. What? Wow. My uncle had owned a baseball it's... card store that was only blocks away from my house as a child. Oh my that my dad so would sometimes work at. Were, uh... Oh yeah, free free baseball card packs and Mortal Kombat. It was incredible. I had an older cousin who's five years older than me who still games a lot. We still game together. Wow. Uh, Justin, I think you have ran into him on social media here and there. Yeah, you told me. In it, yeah, coincidentally. Yeah. Yeah, and he. I was pretty young, you know, when that when that arcade machine was in that place but he yeah. was old enough to kind of show me the ropes and kind of get me into it and like check out Liu Kang and it blew my mind <laughs> blew my mind blew my mind so when Mortal Monday came around you know a few years later on console or however long it was in between the arcade and console yeah. release I was on it I got one I got two I got three and I played those games ad nauseum 
for years. I still revisit them to this day. Absolutely love the Mortal Kombat franchise, especially the original trilogy. God, those were good. They, I mean, there are so many reasons that those games were so good. Too I many. Mean, it, it's, I, they were such a God. They just it's a cultural again. Right. It was a cult. It was a. I mean, that was a phenomenon. That was one of those moments. Like I know I keep referencing Doom, but like it's like Doom. Mortal Kombat. I mean, you think back to Mario when that, you know, before that. Spoke to the rebellious spirit of gamers. um, It was like, this is, yeah. And, uh. Man, that was good. I remember those ads for the game, though, in the the print ads, where it was every console had a release, like Game Boy, Game Gear, Genesis, Super Nintendo. They all had it. It It's crazy. Yeah, the the Game Boy one isn't terrible. You know, it's pretty pretty limited, of course, but there are a lot worse yeah. Game Boy ports than the Mortal Kombat port. Yeah. Um, the Game Gear... I have Mortal Kombat 2 on the Game Gear is, is a little rough, but... Oh, yeah. I don't have Mortal Kombat on the Game Gear. and don't believe I've ever played it, but I can imagine. With two buttons? Yeah, it's... Uh, yeah, that's... <laughs> that won't do it's it. Not meant, yeah, it's not meant for that, but man, I was excited when I got to borrow it from a friend who never got it back, actually. It was, uh, <laughs> it's still in my collection. He lent it to me. And it was like past the era of Game Gear. Like I think it was like you can take this crap. I don't want it. And I got one just, too. Just uh, wait games for in my collection too. A call. Hey, you still got my uh, Mortal Kombat yeah. for Game Gear? I want that back. Calling on. I'm still waiting. I still have carts with my my friends' names on the back, but some of them now they've given it to me because they've moved out of their house. Their parents are moved, and they're like, I don't want any of this stuff. And I'm like, send it over. I'll 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 keep it. And uh, yeah, that's how I got my power glove. So yeah. nice. Good times. That's it. Those are my uh, top five games. Well, without cutting you off anymore, I was going to say I think that does it. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks, guys.